This is No Stop Lights with Ken Ard. If you're a sports fan or a football fan, one of the great scenes, one of the great movies is, um, I mean, there's a great debate to be had about, you know, what is the best sports movie of all time? Um, if you're of my generation, Rocky One would be near and dear to your heart. The consummate uh, underdog and um, Field of Dreams, uh, kind of the uh, the nostalgic romance America has uh, with formerly its pastime, not so much its pastime now. I would argue football's probably taken the place of um, of apple pie, baseball, and Chevrolet. To, to be honest with you, we're a football um, country today. But but there, there's a there's a movie um, called Rudy, and it, it kind of plays on the Rocky narrative of underdog kid wants to go to Notre Dame, can't get in Notre Dame, wants to play football at Notre Dame, but he's somewhat runny and probably not good enough to be a football player at Notre Dame. But there's a particular scene in that movie. That, that is not football-related, but I think characterizes and, and categorizes some of the discussion we'll have this morning, uh, or, or excuse me, the, uh, this afternoon, or uh, what time is it? We're broadcasting, or we're, we're, not pr- we're, we're recording for live uh, producing or production, uh, I think, tomorrow. So anyway, I, I'll get, I'll, I do a lot of live radio, and that's in real time. This is um, certainly not in, in real time. But in the movie, Rudy, there's a scene... Um, Rudy has dedicated himself into becoming a student in Notre Dame. Wants to be a walk-on to the football team. And he's in uh, the junior college across the way from the, um, the touchdown Jesus and the, you know, the Holy Cathedral of College Athletics, that being um, Notre Dame Stadium. And um, Rudy is a, he's a persevering soul. I mean, you got to give him a lot of credit. No one's a Superman don't fly. And I'm sure that um, – you know, the, um, the story of Rudy was a bit embellished and producers and Hollywood top took creative liberties, but there's a scene in the movie, uh, where Rudy is in, um, the church and he's praying to God in heaven to allow him to get in Notre Dame, um, petitioning the good Lord, uh, mind you. And a priest walks behind Rudy and he knows Rudy and knows how persistent he's been and how dedicated he's been. Um, in trying to become a, a student slash walk-on football player at, at Notre Dame. And, and the priest says something that, that is so unbelievably provocative and profound when he says, Rudy, I've been in the, in the priesthood for 40 years, and there are two things I'm sure of. There's a God in heaven, and I'm not him. And that's, that's, that's simple, but there's a God in heaven, and I'm not him. For some of you watching, listening to this podcast, you buy into that narrative, there's a God in heaven. For some of you, you don't buy into uh, there's a God in heaven. But when, when I think of climate change, and I want to begin, I'll read a lot today because I, I don't want to take creative liberties with some of these um, very important data points that people are discussing as if they're um, a known fact. I, I would argue that we know, we don't know a lot more than we really do know about the Earth's climate how much man's contributing to the changing of that climate. But a couple of weeks ago, there was a White House document that revealed the Biden administration is studying blocking the sun's rays to slow climate change. Now, in social media, you can imagine there were um, kind of a, um, a mockery of, of Joe Biden. Uh, I mean, he can't walk up a flight of stairs. He can't walk over a sandbag. Uh, he walks off into the brush and Secret Service kind of fought, but he's going to block the sun. 
I mean, Biden's administration, uh, you know, exit stage left. How? I don't know how the hell to do that. I mean, somebody help me get off, off this stage. But when it comes to stratospheric aerosol injection of marine cloud brightening, Joe Biden's your man. But may not be your man to exit stage left, but once again, stratospheric aerosol injection, marine cloud uh, brightening. Joe Biden understands that, and his administration is on the task to make sure that we don't get too much um, sunlight. Now, I could be a smartass and say that in politics, I learned sunlight is the best disinfectant, and Joe Biden probably doesn't want a lot of sunlight shining in on his um, his White House as we speak. Got a little um, cocaine here and there, and I uh, got a certain family member with certain issues and a certain laptop and uh, certain bribery charges may be or may not uh, be pending. You've got an investigation. You've got offshore bank accounts and LLCs. So, I mean, in, in all honesty, Joe Biden may be a half step. Uh, let me say this, a shuffle uh, a little further along than we are when it comes to why he doesn't want as much sunshine or what they can do about uh, the sunshine. So when I think of stratosphere, aerosol injection, and marine cloud brightening, I, th- I think of really bright people like Elon Musk and uh, Steve Jobs and some of the biologists and chemists and and um, uh, scientists around the world. I just don't think of Joe Biden. I mean, I think of political thuggery. I think of Joe Biden. But once again, if sunlight is the best disinfectant, you believe you've got some uh, issues within your White House, why not try to block some of that some of that sunlight out? A B- bit of sarcasm um, there. So, so let's go back to Rudy. There's a God in heaven. I'm not him. I personally believe that the climate is changing. I personally believe that man at some level, to some degree, is contributing to the climate of the earth changing. That's about it. Now, but that, that, that's about it. Now, I want to go through some data points, and I don't want to mischaracterize or, 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 or put words in other people's mouth. I went to the United Nations website. I want to read it verbatim. Let me get my spectacles here for just a second. Um, I want to make sure I read it verbatim. Um, here's the United Nations uh, definition of climate change. Climate change refers to a long-term shift in temperatures and weather patterns. Such shifts can be natural due to changes in the sun's activity of large volcanic eruptions since the 19, uh, excuse me, since the 1800s, uh, primarily due to the burning of fossil fuels like coal, oil, and gas. Burning fossil fuel generates greenhouse gas emissions that act like a blanket wrapped around the air, trapping the sun's heat and raising temperatures. The main greenhouse gases that are causing Climate change include carbon dioxide and methane. These come from using gasoline for driving a car or coal for heating a building, for example. Clearing land, cutting down forests can also release carbon dioxide. Agriculture, oil and gas operations are major sources of methane emissions, energy, uh, industry, transport, buildings, agriculture, and the and land use are among the main sectors causing greenhouse um, gases. Now, they've got another category. Humans are responsible for global warming. Uh, that's their stance. Climate scientists have shown that humans are responsible for virtually all global heating over the past 200 years. Human activities like the ones mentioned above are causing greenhouse gases that are warming the world faster than at any time in the last 2,000 years. The average temperature of the Earth's surface is now about 1.1 degrees Celsius warmer than it was in the late 1800s and warmer than at any time in the last 100,000 years. The last decade and each of the last four decades has been warmer than the previous decade since 1850. Many people think climate change mainly means warmer temperatures, but temperature rises only the beginning of the story because the Earth is a system where everything is connected. Changes in one area can influence changes in all others. The consequence 
of climate change now include, among others, intense droughts, water scarcity, severe fires, rising flood levels, excuse me, sea levels, flooding, melting polar ice, catastrophic storms, and declining biodiversity. Now, now let's go back to the basics. Uh, once again, United Nations. To get a complete picture of the Earth's temperature, scientists combine measurements from the air above land and the ocean surface collected by ships, buoys, and sometimes satellites as well. The temperature at each land and ocean station is compared daily to what is normal for that location and time. Typically, the long-term average, keep that in mind, long-term average over a 30-year period. The differences are called anomalies, and they help scientists evaluate how temperature is changing over time. A positive anomaly means the temperature is warmer than the long-term average. A negative anomaly means it's cooler. Daily anomalies are averaged together for over a whole month. Uh, these are, in turn, used to work out temperature anomalies from season to season and year to year. So that, that's their words, not mine. Now, now they're admitting um, that the data that we trust most, that the only data that we have any faith in is the data collected post-1880. So we've got about 137 years of, um, of documenting uh, not weather but climate. I mean, I would argue weather is day-to-day climate or trends. You know, uh, I believe personally, I spend some time on the South Carolina coast, I believe the ocean's rising. I mean, I believe that because I can visually see where the ocean was when I was a kid and where it is now. So I do believe it, it seems that the king tides are higher than they've ever been. Uh, I'm nearly 60 years old. I, I, I'm a gnat on a buffalo's ass when it comes to the, the amount of time I've spent on the earth compared to how long the earth has been here. Now, now, let's go to how long the earth has been here. You've got two theories. You've got new earthers and you've got old earthers. I am a Christian. I believe that God created the heavens and earth. I don't believe that the older theory contradicts my Christian belief and worldview. I think you can believe both. Um, is the earth 4.5 billion years old or is it 5 billion years old? I don't know. But I, I don't know. I don't have any idea. Uh, scientists believe that they, the, the older scientists believe that the earth is somewhere in the neighborhood of four and a half billion years old. Now, now once again, scientists believe, despite what the great scientist Barack Obama said, the science is not settled. We believe that the earth is somewhere in the neighborhood of four and a half billion um, years old. So when you start talking about climate change, remember this, we've kept records. I mean, I, I think there are, I mean, Galileo wrote about weather. I, I just don't know that he's emailed the scientists to tell them what he collected, you know, back in his day. The data that we're building these economic models and energy models are predicated upon about 137 years of keeping records. So you got 137 years of records of data, uh, of, of trend lines. You've got a planet that is somewhere in the neighborhood of four and a half uh, billion years old. So l l let's be mathematical for a second. One one hundredth of one billion is 100,000. Now I'm rounding off. I, I admit it's 137. So, so I'm, I'm, you know, I'm giving my side a little more credit than we deserve. And my side are, are skeptical. I, I, I'll make full disclosure. Uh, if you want to turn the podcast away, I am a climate change skeptic. I'm not a denier. Uh, I think there's a lot of questions that, that have been not answered. I think the majority of questions 
have been left unanswered. I applaud some of the dedicated scientists and professionals who do understand, you know, how to interpret some of the data that we have. But well, the, the insanity of where we're headed is my grave concern. I am not bothered at all by the debate. In fact, I wish we had a spirited and vigorous debate. We're not having that. Uh, that's probably what scares me more than anything. These government-funded scientists at these prestigious universities who will get a grant the next year if they conclude what the government wishes for them to conclude. I mean, that's the way that 93% of all scientists say. I mean, if you're, if you're one of the scientists dependent upon government grants to continue the research, and the only way you get the next year's allocation of research money is if you kind of go along and get along, then obviously you're going to be one of those who say the science is settled. Now, where's my check? You know, send me my taxpayer dollar-funded um, research project so I can get to work and and then try to convince as many Americans and, and I guess citizens of the world that indeed uh, we know what the climate was, you know, uh, 4.5 billion years ago, and and we know what the climate will be 100 years from now. So so if, I mean, we, we know this to be true. We know that one one-hundredth of one billion is 100,000. So if the if the Earth were one billion years old, we would have roughly um, data collected on about one one hundredth of one percent of its entire existence. But it's four point five billion, so so we got somewhere between twenty and twenty five percent of one one hundredth of one percent. I mean, just kind of, I mean, let let that let that sink in for a second. We, we've got about twenty five percent of 0.01% of data needed to decide what the climate of the planet Earth was. And I understand I mean, the sediment cores and ice cores, I mean, that, you know, sediment cores on the bottom of the ocean floor, I mean, the, the, the sediments kind of make their way to the ocean. They settle um, over thousands of years. We believe this and we believe that and we, and we speculate this might have been the case and, and we speculate that. Uh, might have been the case. Now, I don't know that I've heard a scientist, um, well, other than Barack Obama, say the science is settled, but, but you know, he's politically inclined, and I certainly understand, um, you know, uh, politicians going to politic, I guess, is the, uh, is the answer there. So you got, um, you got sediment cores, you've got ice cores. That there, was actually, um, there, was, there was actually an example in Greenland, if I'm not mistaken, of a World War II plane. Didn't crash but made an emergency landing. They rescued some of the pilots um, that they were in trying to recover or or find uh, some of the leftover debris from those particular um, examples. If you applied some of the ice core data gathering in regards to the World War II planes, um, they would have crashed there 10,000 years ago. Actually, about 50 years. I think it was in 1992 when they made this finding. So, um, so the ice core data is not indisputable. The sediment data is not indisputable, despite what academia may tell us, despite what some of the, the scientific community uh, may tell us. There are a lot of questions about ice core data. There are a lot of questions about sediment uh, data. What we don't know, I mean, believe it or not, there's a God in heaven, I ain't him. You know, I, I think that's a pretty good answer here. But, but I, I want to delve off into uh, what, what I do believe, because I don't believe for a second that the science is set on climate change. I, I think it's asinine for anybody over the a, over the IQ of 100, maybe over the IQ of 90, to believe that the science is settled. I mean, that, that's political. I understand it. Uh, that there's kind of a cottage industry being created out of the science or, or not-so-scientific research. 
um, that, that says, you know, we, we, we know what the temperature of the planet Earth was 500,000 years ago. We know what the temperature of the planet Earth was 2 million years ago. We, not, we know what industrialization has done. We know what the burning of fossil fuels has done. And we're sure, as we're standing here, that, that if we continue to do what we're doing today, uh, certain places like good old South Carolina will be uninhabitable. Uh, that's kind of the narrative. That, that I'm, I'm, I'm speaking in cliff notes here, but that's kind of uh, the narrative. I, I, I want to go off in a direction, um, and, and, I, and I guess this is the spiritual side of, of me. I'm not a spiritual superhero. I don't profess, but I believe in God. I try to live in honor of God. Uh, I fail miserably at times. I succeed somewhat on, on other days. Join the club, good days, uh, bad days. I personally believe that God laughs under his breath. I don't think God would embarrass anybody. I do think he laughs under his breath. And I think God laughs and chuckles when people like John Kerry and Al Gore say some of the outlandish and ridiculous things um, they, they say. Some, and, I, and, I, and I'll say this. If you are a secularist, if you're someone who does not believe in a God, if you believe this planet came from the Big Bang or, you know, from ooze to goose to snooze to, you know, whatever, uh, you know, I mean, two comets ran together at Mach 9 and out of that came some huge explosion that created matter and out of that matter came, you know, um, cells. And I, anyway, I mean, that, that's, I, I get it. I mean, I understand it. But, but, but I think if you, if you believe in God, if you have somewhat of a biblical worldview, whether it's Old and New Testament or just the Old Testament, I'm talking about Jewish friends here for a second, you, you believe in a creator. You, you believe in a beginning. You believe in a, um, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the, the earth is what we're talking about. The heavens is what we've always tried to better understand and explore. Uh, the depths of the ocean, the expanses of our universe are something that human beings have always been curious about. We should be unbelievably curious about God's creation. But, but if you're a secularist, you, you, you kind of sort of believe we're top of the food chain. And, and if we're top of the food chain, then there's nothing we can't figure out, right? Because we're top of the food chain. There was not a supernatural. That There was not a supreme power that put all of this in motion. If you believe that, it's pretty easy for me to accept that I don't know. I don't have a clue. I mean, I, I, I don't know exactly what time I'll get to the beach tomorrow. I think I'll get there. But we've got people speaking more assuredly of what the climate was like 100,000 years ago and what it may be like 100,000 years from now than I am that I'll get to the beach tomorrow. And, and I think that's human arrogance. I think it's the nature of man, uh, figuratively, not, not literally. Women can be um, just as arrogant. Uh, maybe not just as arrogant. They do some other things, um, but, but not quite. Uh, I would say men on average are more arrogant than, than women on average. Uh, but, but as a, as, and I don't, I don't want to get preachy. I, mean, I want to be careful not to get preachy here and not get judgmental here. But, but there is a battle in this, in this world about, you know, those who believe in a God-inspired universe, a God-created universe, and, and we find some peace and resolve in saying we don't know, that there's no embarrassment that we don't know. Um, were, was a day 24 hours or a 1,000 years? I don't know. I mean, I, I speculate. I try to better understand. But, but I think God has the warranty on the planet. And I think man has a responsibility without question to be good stewards of this planet. I, I think we know things now. Science evolves. We find out things uh, that we didn't know yesterday. And we should. I mean, man pursuing better ways to do things is to the benefit of mankind. 
I mean, I think all of our generations owe it to the next generation that we did a little better job in in, in, in knowing what you will deal with than, than what we dealt with. I think that's generational. I think it's um I think it's in man's best interest. And I don't think we should ever stop pursuing trying to understand more about God's infinite wisdom and the creation that he's allowed us us to inhabit. But when I hear Kerry and Gore and Obama and now Biden um, talk about uh, stratospheric aerosol injection, marine cloud brightening, to, to me it borders on playing God. I mean, it really and truly, and I don't know Joe Biden's heart. He professes to be a Catholic. I don't know um, Barack Obama's heart. He professes uh, to be a Christian. I have no idea, but I'm, I'm not going there. That's not for me to decide. As a Christian, it's my personal relationship. It's your personal relationship. It's not a, a congregate relationship. It's not a, you know, a relationship that I have to have with eight other people and then with, with God in heaven. But, but we're beginning to develop economic policy based on some of the scientific analysis that we're accepting as fact and true. And that's what scares me. That's what freaks me out. I've said on the radio many, many mornings, um, that there are a lot of things about America I like. There's some things I don't like. Um, I do believe I won the ovarian lottery when I was allowed to be born an American. I've been able to pursue my happiness probably more than any generation in the history of mankind. Um, but it ain't perfect. And, and you know, I, I think gender dysphoria is a mental illness. I think marriage is between a man and a woman. I think uh, abortion is the taking of human life. But But I accept that people see the world differently than I do based on whatever value system they've decided to implement as their North star and, and their guiding light. And, and I accept that as America being a big ass country with, with a lot of complicated views and, you know, in, in aggregate, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard to corral or, or, or harness all of that different energy. I mean, you know, all of us are allowed to pursue our dreams based on what we believe to be true and accurate and factual and in our best interest, um, but we're not doing that with this. The, the the body politic and those who have amassed enormous amounts of power over the body politic, and, and they create policy. Uh, I don't run the EPA. I, I don't run the federal government. I don't I don't appropriate funds to research. And I, you know that that's that's above my pay grade. But but I do believe that the greatness of America America requires vigorous debate. And an issue as important as climate change, how we energize our economy, do, do, do we decarbonize the energy production of our economy? There's a big debate about electric cars, renewable energy. I'm all for advancement. I'm all for innovation. I am all for figuring out a, w- a better way to do whatever it is we're trying to do uh, for the next generation. But And, and I've rambled a bit here. Um, I've thrown some statistics out there that, that I believe are, are indisputable. I actually use the, um, the UN's website as their definition of climate change. Cause I mean, I could say climate change, climate change is nonsense, but, but who am I? You know, the United Nations has done diligent work. I would imagine in, uh, in preparing this, uh, this articulation, but, but I guess at the end of the, um, at the end of the day, you, you have a right to believe what you choose to believe about climate change. I have a right to believe what I choose to believe about climate change but, but, but in the most recent example of political arrogance in, in America, there's this White House document floating around uh, that the Biden administration once again is considering a study of how to block the sun to slow climate change. I mean, we're not, you know, uh, I, I said earlier, 
I, I think gender dysphoria is a mental illness. I think marriage between one man and one woman, I think abortion is to take in a human life. I've accepted that they become political issues, and I've accepted that the, the country stands in a different place than I wish it stood on that. But I don't bump into gender dysphoria in my average everyday life. I don't bump into gay marriage a lot. Uh, th- those would be small but very vocal minorities in our nation. I do buy gas every day. I turn light switches on uh, every day. I don't buy gas every day, but I buy gas at least once a week. I-, I do depend on a power grid to provide a certain quality of life. And, and I'm afraid that we're going to let uh, zealotry and, 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 and I don't, don't want to say a blind loyalty. That's unfair to those who have tried to gather some of the data. Um, an unchallenged loyalty, a lack of vigorous debate on something as important as climate change concerns me. Um, you know, I, I could go down the road of, of making a mockery of, so we're going to block the sun. I mean, it re- re- I mean that, that, you know, God created the universe. And, and I want to go back to this because I do believe this is such an important contributor um, to the debate or the lack of debate. I think those of us who believe in God don't have any problem at all saying, I don't know. I just don't. And I don't know that I'll ever know. Um, if God is as omnipotent and powerful and sovereign as I believe he is, we'll never know what the ideal temperature of the planet Earth is to be. We'll never know uh, what the likelihood of us contributing uh, in some way, shape, or form to what the temperature may be 100 years or 1,000 or 100,000 um, years from now. I don't know what's on the other side of Mars or Jupiter or Saturn. I think Pluto was a planet. Now it's not. And I don't have any problem with that because I've accepted that I am a human being with limited capacities. In my case, very limited uh, capacity. Some of you folks out there are not quite as limited as I am. But but I think Kerry, Gore, Biden, uh, so, so some of the other I, I'll call progressive Democrats, and I, I guess they're using that word progressive to progress mankind to a to a much better place. I'm afraid that if some of these progressives relating to climate change and how we produce our energy are going to not lead us to a better place, but back to the dark ages, back to the stone ages. And at the end of the day, there's a very fair debate to be had about the climate. There's a very fair debate to be had about what man has done, what man can do, what man will do, what is the best way to preserve, um, you know, a climate that we can all inhabit and enjoy. But but the assuredness and, and the surety that these folks are uh, pontificating upon their opinion scares the ever-loving hell out of me, and I've got no idea how hot hell is. Well, to thank our sponsors, Carolina Bank serves communities throughout northeastern South Carolina, offering a wide range of services to meet every personal or business need from straightforward accounts to complex finances. They're prepared to help you reach your financial goals. Carolina Bank, banking on tradition since 1936. Member FDIC, Pepsi of Florence represent the entire product line of PepsiCo, one of the world's leading food and beverage companies, Pepsi of Florence, also serve brands from other great companies such as Dr. Pepper, Canada Dry, Lipton Tea, Gatorade, and various regional brands. Mickey Finn's largest South Carolina liquor wholesaler, serving every county in the state, largest bourbon selection statewide. They ship wines to 43 states, opening soon a new beverage warehouse across from Bucky's on I-95 in Florence. They support USC athletics, including Williams Bryce and Colonial Life Arena. 
Marlboro PD Electric Co-op. If you're in big business and looking for an industrial park in the south to build your new plant, consider Marlboro PD Electric Co-op's new PD Commerce Center. Uh, an industrial park located at the I-95 exit in Florence, South Carolina. Check it out at mpdcoop or pdec.com. <laughs> 